If you or anyone you know is in need of mental health assistance, please call the National Mental Health Hotline at 1-844-274-6154. Our technical difficulties. Life, you know, I'm just so glad this episode is about mental health. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So oh. before we get started today, our episode is going to be about mental health, um, sort of in the black community. Yeah. Uh, we have two, two, two guests with us today. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That kind of specialize in the field. They don't kind of. They, they do. do they do. In the field. They've got degrees and they've got letters Okay. behind their last name. I like it. Yes. So we're going to introduce these ladies in a moment. But before we get started, do you want to share anything with the people today? Not really. You know, like, I mean. You haven't been to a salt cave floating anywhere? No. Any like, nothing? I've been busy. Like, I've been busy and oh, tired, man. I'm sorry. Um... You know, um, yeah, no, like I do Reiki regularly, so it's nothing that's not really new. Um, I got this. Well, okay, I got an app. It's called Calm. Oh, I have that. Um, so I've had it for a while, but like, oh my goodness, like I cannot. Um, like I got home from work, I was extremely tired the other day, so I took a nap. Actually, fell asleep, and it was like nine o'clock ish, or maybe I don't know what time it was, but I could not get back to sleep. So broke out the calm app yeah so i don't know if you guys know that idris elba <laughs> is on the calm app <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. oh yeah see yeah 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 he read me a story not too long ago um so i didn't listen to idris elba last night because i would just be smiling like the whole time i'm like you gotta get to sleep girl um so yeah i did this five minute guided meditation one and it was really really good like it kind of reminded me of you know, kind of my sessions in Reiki. So that kind of, I was kind of happy about that because it made me feel like, oh, wow. So like this stuff is actually working. I kind of got the same effect. I was kind of able to get my mind frame in that same, you know, wavelength that I'm in when I do Reiki. So like I can Mm -hmm. feel the negative energy flowing out of my body, you know, positive energy coming in. So, so that was pretty cool, you know, and just planning to turn 30 freaking six. So. Don't sound so sad. You were really happy about 35. Of course you're happy about... Yeah, 35 is like a milestone. 36 is 40. Oh, now you're over the hill? Listen, you're <laughs> only a day behind me. So if I'm over the hill, like, sorry. I mean, you're the one all depressed about it. I'm happy. Well, yay. Okay. Well, fine. I mean, whatever. <laughs> so, um, I haven't really been up to anything new. But, um, just doing some reading... And I have a new book that I was telling Tania about. Um, I have two books, but the one, I don't have it with me at the table, so I won't talk about it. But I'm reading The Afro-Minimalist Guide to Living with Less by Christine Platt. And um, it's a really nice book. It talks a lot about um, 
trying to declutter your life, but also your mind. It talks a lot about why we um, do some of the things that we do Mm -hmm. in regards to shopping, purchasing, um, indulging in any type Mm -hmm. of activity. Um, And it's a lot of psychology behind it. And uh, it's kind of motivating me, though, to declutter my life and live a more streamlined and uh, make better choices when it comes to the purchases that I make. Nice. So yeah, that's that's what I've been working on right Look now. At you being yeah, you know, all trying to be a better person, clutterless. Yeah. In your life, but it, it's it made me think like, why do I do this? Like, why am I shopping this way? Or why do I hold on to things? Why can't I get rid of things? Uh huh. Um, and a lot of times it's you know because you just didn't have it growing up. Uh-huh. And now you're like, well, I'm grown. I'm going to get all the things that I ever wanted. But none of that stuff fulfills you. So when it's time to get rid of it, you still can't let it go. Interesting. Very. So, yes, that's what I've been reading. And then also, I'm trying to do a little more research on this um, thing that I found online. It's called Align My Design. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the Zodiac. It focuses on... Um, the time frame in which you were born, the day, the place, uh-huh. and it gives you like these different things about you. So I'm a um, a projector generator, mm-hmm. and it basically just talks about how you function in the world. But it's really, really, it's really, really detailed. So I have to kind of study it more before I can share a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I just kind of ran across it online. It was really, really interesting because it's like stuff that you already know about yourself, uh-huh. but it talks about how you can work within your design to make your life flow a little bit better. Interesting. Yeah, so once I know a little bit more, I'll share a little bit more. Yeah, let me know. That sounds very, very interesting. Yeah. Interessante. Maybe that's <laughs> Spanish. Maybe it's not. I, 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 I probably shouldn't say words I don't know. I don't know that, that one. Um, so... Yes, so today we are going to be talking about mental health. As we said, um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, And, you know, we thought it'd be really, really cool if we got some, I guess, some experts to talk about um, mental health and um, different things um, of that nature. And it's so awesome that we have two black women mental health counselors. with us today um so let's see before we get into that um just want to talk a little bit about a couple of facts on mental health um so just looking at one stat um it says that black and african-american people living below poverty are twice um as more likely to report serious psychological distress um than those over two percent the poverty level also, it says that black um, adult black and African Americans are more likely to have feelings of sadness, hopelessness, worth, worthlessness than adult whites. And it also says that blacks and African Americans are less likely than white people to die from suicide hmm. at all ages. However, black and African American teenagers are more likely to attempt suicide than white teenagers very interesting and 
we that last one um i'm gonna kind of well all of them we want to talk about um but one of our guests in particular is a crisis counselor um so we'll kind of see if we can pick her brain talk a little about bit that. more about that so kind of leading into that um tania had the statistics i looked up some myths that black people have about um therapy and seeking mm-hmm. mental health uh counseling and help um and when you said that black teenagers are more likely to commit suicide i think about when we were younger mm-hmm. and we would hear about somebody committing suicide um one of my thoughts was like black people don't do that like yeah. we don't be just right. killing ourselves like what do you that's mean white people thing, which is crazy but that's what we thought but that's what we, we thought when we were younger because you just didn't know anybody who maybe had done that or if they had done that um it was something that you know the family kept a secret yes. or it wasn't really you know talked about so some of the myths that i found online were one black people don't see therapists they don't go do therapy um another one was jesus is my therapist um <laughs> you know therapy is for the weak uh the white man can't help me with my problems people will think i'm crazy and people black people don't get depressed mm-hmm. so it's like all these things that people tell themselves to keep them from actually seeking out help when they do need it yeah or if someone says they need help these are some of the things that they may tell a person mm-hmm. you know and kind of discourage them from going to seek uh the assistance that they may need yeah so without further ado why don't we introduce our guest, um, Miss Lisa Lewis? And okay, Andrea just got married. So, Andrea, <laughs> are you Andrea Johnson or Andrea Dixon? Well, on paper, <laughs> girl, I I'm understand. Still Johnson. <laughs> okay. So, Johnson, but technically, yes. <laughs> yay, 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 yay. So, so welcome, Andrea, to the podcast. Um, Thank you. Andrea is a LMHC. Yes. Correct? Which... No, LCPC. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. And you know okay. what? different because I'm in Maryland. Maryland. So okay. Sorry, Janine. She didn't tell I me. I tried to prep her. And listen, <laughs> literally, as you said it out your mouth, I'm like, oh, it made me I remember, like, no. <laughs> okay, so let us know what those acronyms stand for. So it's a licensed clinical professional counselor. Okay. And you're in private practice, correct? Yes. Okay. And then we have Mrs. Lisa Lewis. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And Lisa is a MHC, correct? Yeah. And can you let us know what those acronyms stand for? I'm a mental health counselor. Mental health counselor. And um, I believe Tania said that you are a senior crisis clinician at your current job title as you where you That are. is me. Okay. So I just want to like gloat because um, these two are like my really close friends. <laughs> <laughs> Tania's so, in with the girls. So I met Miss Andrea Johnson slash Dixon. <laughs> actually getting my bachelor's at Morgan State University and then Miss Lisa Lewis I actually met at Madai getting my mental health counseling degree so like these are like my my colleagues who remain friends 
friends, which I don't even know how that happened because, you know, but it did because maybe because I'm awesome, I guess that's what it is. So, um, <laughs> that definitely is. Yeah. Yep. I'm totally awesome. So, <laughs> so when, we're, when we're talking about mental health, we're like, oh, it's mental health month. And I don't know why it was just like so hard for me to think. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> these are my people. This is what I do. Andrew, Lisa, perfect. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know if you guys want to start out a little bit, like, um, about, tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, Andrea, you want to go first? You don't have to, it doesn't have to be super deep, but just tell us a little bit about what you do. Like, what does it mean to kind of be in, um, private practice? And then we'll go with Lisa. Okay. So, private practice, I specialize in anxiety, depression, and stress management, SE. Um, teenagers, 15 to adults, 99. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the great thing is I set my own schedule, so, yeah. So she's um, a business owner. Yes. That's yes, awesome. I'm a, the owner and the operator, which can be difficult at times yeah. and can put stress on your mental health because I am the HR department, the mm-hmm. billing department, <laughs> the crisis department whatever hat i need to wear was it difficult um getting into private practice yes only because i was in um two group agencies three group agencies before private practice and a lot of times you jump into one to get the experience and then you want to jump out on your own because one is just you know, in clinics, they assign you clients and mm-hmm. your caseload can be 30 to 40 people and you get burned out really easily. When you go into private practice, you're balancing it, but you have a sense of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. So you're like, who wants to see me? What am I going to tell them? Knowing that you've been doing this for umpteen years, right. <laughs> it's still like, oh God, I'm out there by myself. And it can be a little isolating because you have no coworkers. Right. Wow. That's so exciting. Like, I think, like, to private practice is, like, always, like, living the dream. And I remember you kind of telling me a little bit how you were taking that, making the plunge. And I'm like, that is so exciting, you know, because it yeah. is, you know, I've never done the actual um, clinic because it always scared me. Mm-hmm. But then also it's like private practice is scary, too. So, like, yeah. I love the fact but, that you're doing it. So, yeah. at least, like, if I decide to go that route, I'm like, hey, Andrea, I'll pick your brain, but... I don't even shout out to my husband though because he encouraged me. He was like, you know, need okay, to get husband. Okay. clinic. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? He's very you, supportive. You need both. Like, I'm one of those people, um, almost all of my doctors are private practice. Like, I just prefer that. But it's because I have the means to choose where I go. Some people don't. So you obviously need the you know, the clinical setting. Um, But I love private doctors because you can kind of shop around, see if you're a fit, you know, if you two can actually work together. Um, And there may be people out there who are just like, this is what I'm looking for and I'm so happy I found it and I don't have to be assigned a person, you know. I was able to choose a person that I can work with and I feel comfortable with. That's very true. I do get a lot of referrals from... um black girls therapy from mm. um, you know black people looking for a black therapist and yes. believe it or not it's very difficult yeah, yeah. we and talked I about think that the before pandemic 
prove this to be true because I've, when the pandemic hit, my practice took off, and wow. I've been full force months. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. Because you you just kind of you started the full private practice right within the within this past year, right? Been well, I've been years. full private practice for about three years, oh. but I was kind of part time, uh-huh. and then yeah, during the pandemic, I had to cut back because I felt a little bit burnt out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can imagine. Makes sense. Like, that's crazy. I, I remember like when I when I you know worked in like I said the new clinic. But um, when I worked in the pros, when we did the group counseling, things of that nature, I was the only black counselor. The only black counselor. We had, you know, we had Mexican counselors. We had Dominican counselors. We had Caucasian counselors. But I was the only black counselor. And so whenever, a, you know, whenever a client, we say, hey, I want to meet with them. I need to, I want to switch to a black counselor. I'm like, I am, like, I'm it. Yeah. But also, I'm like, I'm like, I, this is a big case, though. Like, you guys need to yeah. hire more. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's been. I you know, a funny story. Huh? I was in three group practices, and all three, I was the only black therapist. Oh my god! For a while. <laughs> that and it's like, and the thing about it is, like, I know we're out there. But where are you? But <laughs> I, I know we're out there. But like, you know, what is that about? You know. I don't know. And to be honest, at my old job, I don't even know if I have a black counselor now. I honestly don't. I don't think they do. And I've been working at my my current job for four years now, so I still don't think they have another black counselor, which is crazy. All right. Well, Miss Lisa Lewis, I know you're probably getting bored over there. Um, You want to introduce yourself? Absolutely (laughs) not. Come on, Lisa. Tell us about yourself and what you do. So, I'm a crisis counselor um, for, um, I'm a children's crisis counselor, so I work with um, children up to age 17, but my agency kind of does a lot of things, so we are crisis services for Erie County and Wyoming County and any of our agency's adults as well, so I kind of do a little bit of everything with everybody. But mainly crisis. Okay. And so, just for our listeners that are not in the local area, um, Lisa's she's speaking of being in our area in um, in upstate New York. Andrea, Andrea, you work in what part in Maryland? Do you work at? I'm in Baltimore County, Owingsmouth. Okay. Google. So we thought. We went back and forth. You want to do the beginning and do the end. Fine, fine, fine. We'll do an icebreaker. Um, so we are going to do an icebreaker, and I promise you guys, it won't be bad. I so 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 promise you guys. Wait, it's multiple choice questions. Multiple choice questions, and, and there's um, only ten, right? There's only ten. Yeah, it's um, gonna be fast. Janine, do you want to keep score? Yes, because last time we had an icebreaker, Tania messed it up. So I did not mess it up. I did not mess it up. So what the what the icebreaker is, it's called the Ultimate Psychology Trivia Quiz. So we're going to see who knows more. Oh, Lord. <laughs> or, or, Jan- or Janine, you can do, why don't you do Lisa and I'll do Andrea. You can do the answers. Okay. Okay? So you do Lisa, I'll do Andrea. Okay. So the first question is, what is the ink block test known as? 
Is it Einstein's test? Is the Tesla test? Is the Watlins the Watson test or is it the Rorschach test? Andrea? Uh can you repeat the answers? <laughs> is it um what is the ink block test known as? Is it the Einstein test, the Tesla test, the Watson test, or the Warshaw's test? I'm gonna go with D. Okay. Lisa, same question. Warshock ink block. Alright. Okay. We're not gonna tell you if it was tried or not. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. Question number two. What is considered the opposite of optimist? Is it A pessimist? Is it A lateralist? Is it B realistic? Or is it A I'm oh, sorry, or is it D a cynic? Andrew? Pessimist. Maybe. Lisa? Pessimist. I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe Janine, you go next. I think um, Lisa may just be stealing Andrea's answers. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. hey, these answers are right. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Number three. When was modern psychology established? Is it A, the 19th century, B, the 20th century, C, the 18th century or D, the 21st century? Andrea? Y'all did not tell me I had to study for this. <laughs> it was supposed to be. I'm going to go with the 19th century. Okay. Andrea, you got to stop this because every single time now it's going to look like I'm copying off of you. I agree. Yeah, Lisa was supposed <laughs> to go sorry. first, Janine, I'm sorry. and then Andrea. Yeah. We'll do it I right really the next Let's let Lisa go first. Okay. Okay. Come on, why y'all got me going first on it? <laughs> because we need to see if you lying or not. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so Lisa, this one you're going to answer first. What's the name of Sigmund Freud's groundbreaking book on psychology? Is it A, I had this weird dream last night, B, dreams and stuff, C, interpretation of dreams, or D, stuff I thought of? There E. Um, can we can you repeat those options yes is it well i'll read the question again for you what's the name of sigmund freud's groundbreaking book on psychology is it a i had this weird dream last night (laughs) b dreams and stuff c interpretation of dreams can't even read <laughs> or D stuff I thought of. I'm just gonna go A. Andrea, what you going with? <laughs> I'm gonna go with interpretation of dreams. Okay, so that is C. Okay, the next one. What is what's the name of the famous prisoners and guards experiments that took place at an American university? Is it A, the Harvard experience? Is it B, the Princeton experiment? Is it C, the Columbia experiment? And is it D, the Stanford experiment? This is the only one I don't know. So I What is D again? It's the Stanford Stanford experiment. Oh, okay. You want me to go first? Yep, Lisa, we do. D. D. Okay. Andrea, what you going with? I'm going to go with Stanford. Huh? 
The Stanford. Stanford. Okay. Okay. Was it an option? That's yep. the same. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So number six, true or false? It's technically possible to die from a broken heart. That's the name of a song, isn't it? Lisa, true or false? I'm going to say true. Okay. Miss Andrea? I'm going to go with true. Okay. okay. Now I think they just both. I know, right? I don't, it don't matter what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. What did the Bobo experiment find? Is it A, children are greedier when no one is watching? B, children learn behaviors from observing others? C, children who speak two languages are more intelligent? Or D, children learn the most between the ages of five and seven? We'll let Andrea go first since Lisa feels like, you know. I can't repeat the question because children. Uh-huh. <laughs> what 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 did the Bobo experiment find out? That children are greedier when no one is watching. That children's behaviors are learned from observing others. That children who speak two languages are intelligent, or children learn the most between the ages of five and seven. Children are observing of others. Okay, so that's B for Andrea. Lewis? B. Okay. Three more questions, you guys. We're almost there. Um, the next one is... Now, I, this is... Okay. I only didn't know two of these, and this one I don't know either. Is catching a yawn a thought... What is catching a thawn a yacht a thought to... I'm all messed up. I, I'm only drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> What is catching a young a thought to signify? Is it A, empathy? Is it B, jealousy? Is it C, suspicion? Or is it D, love? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear the question. <clears throat> what is catching a yawn a thought to signify? Like yawning? Oh, oh catching a yawn, okay. Yeah, so is it empathy, jealousy, suspicion, or love? This is Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with me. This is wrong. Jealousy? Okay. Um, Andrew, what do you have? Oh, I think Empathy. Empathy? <laughs> okay. Empathy? All right. Two, Two more. Two more. Which of these is not a famous psychologist? A. Carl Jung. Hugh. Hugh? Oh, see, he might be the one. <laughs> B. Eric Erickson. C. Ivan Pavlov. Or D. Boris Yeltsin. I think I remember him from a psych class. Maybe. Andrea? <laughs> Which one? I'm going to go with Yeltsin. Huh? Wait, is this not a dark? After as in doesn't have a PhD or is not a psychologist. Which one is not a famous psychologist? Um, let's go with B. Okay. Boris Yeltsin. Yeah, we're gonna get that last one out of there. Okay. <laughs> the very last one, and then we'll see who is winner. Okay. What does the word psychology mean? 
does it is it the study of the brain is it the study of the soul is it to monitor thoughts or is it the study of the body the study of the body <laughs> can you repeat the question <laughs> yeah. what does the word psychology mean is it the study of the brain the study of the soul to monitor thoughts or the study of the body the study of the brain okay, okay i'm gonna go with a okay okay so so according to this tracker let's see we've got nine out of ten so we need to see which question was wrong well so lisa got nine out of ten too let's see I don't know. I think Lisa was getting them all wrong. Hold on, double checking. We got D, A, A. Ah, Lisa got four wrong. Oh, I got four wrong. Oh, you got number four wrong. Number four wrong. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seven was D, A. Oh, okay. Boom. All right. Sorry, Lisa. You only got you only got two wrong. And Andrew got one wrong. Not bad. Not bad. So in case you guys want all the answers for the first one, Inkbox test we know is known as a Warshaw test. And if you guys, what is that movie, The Watchmen? There's a guy called Warshaw on there. So well, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, what is considered the opposite of optimist? The answer was pessimist. When was monopsychology established? That was in the 19th century. Um, for Sigmund Freud's groundbreaking book and psychology was the interpretation of dreams. Not, I had this weird dream last night. Um, where, but Lisa, I like that like, name. Like, really, better. Lisa? Like, what? <laughs> I wish that was on our too. senior comedy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I had to go with what I felt. <laughs> it should have been named that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is the name of the famous prison and guard experiment that took place in American University, the Stanford Experiment. I have to look that up. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Um, the next one is, can you dive a broken heart? The answer is true. Yes, you can. Um, that, that was a song, right? Can you dive a broken heart? Something like that. It's gotta be. Um, the Bobo experiment, um, it was children's learned behavior from observing others. Yep. You guys, that was a really cool experiment. You guys should look that up. I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but it's really telling. You know, like, um, I'm not gonna get into it, but talk about it later. Um, what is catching a young thought to signify empathy? I listen. I not, thought it was suspicion, not I jealousy. Thought, <laughs> Lisa, not jealousy, <laughs> not jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> um, which of these is not a famous psychologist, Boris Yelston? I don't know who that dude is. And um, what does the word psychology mean? Now, this is their definition because. It said study, study of, the of the soul. soul. So technically, that's their definition. Sorry, you guys got th well, you got three wrong. My bad. That one was not really a. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't think. I'll right. go study of the mind. So whatever. But ladies, thanks for playing uh, and being good sports. Um, we did not tell you that you guys would be doing that. Um, we oftentimes like to do that with all of our guests. Um, so we do want to kind of jump into the questions. 
And we actually might go a little bit backwards since we're still kind of in COVID. Um, because each of you are in the same field but doing different work. How has um, COVID affected the way that you... Um, are able to provide services for people um, when they are in need. Lisa, you can go first if you'd like. Well, initially, <clears throat> when COVID started, um, they had the. So I work as a team. So I have a couple other people that I work with, and we share cases. So, um, I guess. It was kind of hard because we were working remote and teamwork normally brings you together. So we didn't, there was a lot more calls because crisis is whatever you perceive it to be. So people were going without a lot of things that they were used to. Mm -hmm. And so everybody, I think still to right now, everybody still perceives themselves to be in some kind of a crisis. So you know, it, it went up and it was a lot harder to change the way we did things and how our system looked. Okay. And that was actually one of our questions we were going to ask. Um, what is considered to be a crisis? Like, um, in your field of work, do you answer literally calls for anything? Pretty much. Um, you know, with kids, they don't come with handbooks, so it could be needing a band-aid and can't find one to where to can't find a kid or, you know, someone trying to harm themselves or others or anything like that. So it's literally whatever a person, that child or a parent or someone who is a caregiver or anything like that perceives to be a crisis at that time. Okay. Now, are there different level of um, crisis that you would respond to, like, that would actually take you to see a person versus just trying to yes. speak to them over the phone? There is. Um, so we are not first responders, but a lot of times we feel like we are. We can't get there fast enough to be a first responder. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times we're the first people that get the call. So sometimes crises um, can be so serious to where I'm either having one of my teammates call the police for the family because they may not physically be able to do it at that time. Or either, um, you know, the police are on the scene or um, they may not need the police at all. They may just need the support and someone to talk to because everyone is tired of hearing what they have to say. So um, there are different levels. If a parent requests that, um, that for a visit or someone to come out, then we will come out uh, pretty much um, because we can't. You can't tell somebody what is a crisis to them, and if that is the way they feel, if they feel that that is what they need for support at the time, then that's what they need. Okay. Now, Andrea, because you are in private practice and people are coming to see you, and it's not necessarily um, an emergency, how has that looked different for you in private practice um, during COVID? Um, so during COVID, I actually had to shut my office down. Um, it was I wasn't seeing people in person because we thought it was going to be two to three weeks. And after month three, I was like, I'm not going to keep paying office rent on an empty space. Right. So um, my practice is currently fully telehealth, okay. and it has 
been interesting because some people are very resistant to it, but I mean, what could you do? Right. <laughs> we were trying to stop the spread. Um, so, yes, I think a lot of people, as I said, we got a lot of influxation, whatever that word is, of clients <laughs> because everyone was in crisis. It was like you were left alone with your thoughts and like people couldn't see their families or like you're trapped in the house with your kid 24 7. It's stressful. Right. Um, now, since you are in private practice, I don't know what your, you know, when doctors say um, accepting new patients, mm-hmm. is there an order almost to, like, say you just got 10 new patient requests? How do you decide um, who you see first? Or is there some type of way that you categorize who may be more um, at risk at that time and they need to be seen first? Yes. So initially I was first come first serve, but um, I had to kind of modify the screening process of like, well, let's see if we're a good fit first. And because we are telehealth, it's not the same as being in person. Right. And then if it was an immediate crisis, like cutting or self-harm, I would refer them to someone who could meet their needs better than I can via telehealth. Like there was still hospitals open. And um, also... If they were, so I don't really work a lot with trauma, so okay. I don't specialize in trauma. So I usually would refer them out. Like if that was the immediate concern, I would refer them to a trauma therapist. So I'm so Andrea. I feel like I know the answer to this, but I just want to make sure. So with you being telehealth, um, and I know different licensures, things of that nature. Are you still at this point? Are you only able to just do Maryland, or can you do? Um, people in different states. So, fun fact, I can do anyone in Maryland, and I had some clients who went and stayed with family out of state um, during the pandemic because mm-hmm. they wanted to be with family. And that was very iffy, like, if they could, if we could cross state lines. So, in Maryland, your client has to be in Maryland. Wow. Okay. Because I met... And that's what? so crazy yeah. for that area because there's, it's the DMV. Yeah, DMV. <laughs> yes, wow. DMV, yeah. However, they did waive it for COVID. So during COVID, you can cross state lines, like if your client went back home or um, if they, pre-COVID, I should say, they you had to be in Maryland, but post-COVID or during COVID, you can cross state lines. They were waiving it for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know right now I'm in the process of getting a license in telehealth in Florida. Okay. So, wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> so this next question is um, going to go back to Lisa. Um, with crisis services, what is the process, or what does the process look like for someone who's just starting, or they need crisis services? Um, besides maybe like the hotline, like if I'm in crisis and I call you, and this is my first episode, um. What other ways are people referred to crisis services? So a lot of times, um, especially because we work with children and families, um, they're getting our name and number from other programs, the pediatrician, the Mm -hmm. school counselor, anybody. So um, it could be, hopefully, we would hope that they're in the schools and um like Compass House, we have Compass House here, which is kind of like a runaway shelter that offers resources on other programs as well. 
So anywhere, um, you know, just like crisis services, people should know our name and everybody should. That's the whole point. Everybody should be able to direct you to someone who can help you. And that happens to be us too. So, Okay. Now, um, when intervention begins, is there like a certain set of steps that are followed um, that may, well, I guess just needs to be followed to help a person um, come out of a crisis stage? Honestly, I think it comes back to just like the, the bare minimum of counseling. Be quiet and listen. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times the person who is calling, that's what they need. They need you to listen. Um, they can be frustrated or aggravated, especially if it's a parent and um, they're dealing with some behavioral issues. Um, but within that moment, they'll probably tell you everything that you need to know. Mm -hmm. um, it might come fast, but they'll probably tell you. Um, and just assessing for lethality, first of all, and what kind of support they need. Okay. So I know, Lisa, you um, you said you uh, mostly work with children, but have you worked with adults in the past? Um, so for this job, yes, I work with children and adults for this job. I, I've worked with, I feel like I've worked with a mixture of children and adults all my life. Okay. So, because I've worked with families, um, predominantly, so families have kids, right. people get old, so I work with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the question is, do you feel that it's, um, more difficult or challenging to work with children or adults or is it equally stressful because it's you know crisis work like people need help well for me i i think it's helpful to work with both mm -hmm. um but honestly i would say it's probably harder to work with kids kids sometimes don't have the vocabulary or the wherewithal to know those emotions and different things like that i can say i'm frustrated but a three-year-old may not know what frustration is okay. so um that can be kind of hard but when it comes to getting into serious mental health issues and psychosis and different things like that that's going to be the adult so you know if you consider that type of stuff hard or more challenging then that's going to be more challenging but you know that's kind of like what we signed up for so you know, sure. I want to give the same question to Andrea. So, um, I know you've worked with both, right? Because, um, you've worked with then you used to be like a school counselor, per se. Am I getting this right? Yes, <laughs> yep. Okay, yeah. so, so what do you find? Um, do you find it to be more? And now you're working with 15 to adults. So, did you find it more? Which population did you maybe find more challenging, or were they the same? Like, um, yeah. <laughs> so they're both challenging in different ways in that teens so let me just disclaimer I, I used to work in a group practice and we were um, contracted with schools so we would go to the schools to see the kids whose parents couldn't bring them to the clinic to get therapy we would go to the school and give them therapy mm -hmm. um, cool, that was very difficult because working with kids you have to have the parent involved mm -hmm. and a lot of times especially in the African American community um, our kids are mislabeled and mm -hmm. if they are labeled the parents are like don't label them or it's due to some underlying issue that the parent doesn't want to acknowledge so like ADHD for example is like the kid some trauma or they just don't get enough attention at home <laughs> literally 
And then they come to school and act out because they want some attention. And then they're labeled as ADHD. Um, and the parents are in denial or if the kid really is in ADHD, they won't sign off on medication that would just help them to cope better. Mm-hmm. And so just getting the parents involved in general, um, or you like get kids who want to commit suicide and the parents are like, Oh, they're just they're just saying that they're not gonna do anything and it's kind of disturbing. Yeah, because um, if it actually happened then it's like what yeah, you know, what are you saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you get kids, for example, who want to come out as gay or lesbian and they can't tell the family. And it's just like you have no way of helping them because you know if they come out, the family may disown them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just... With adults, they're just pretty much set in their ways where they have this idea of therapy where like, well, I'm going to try because somebody else said I should, but there's nothing wrong with me or... They're not open to the techniques because they're like things white people do. <laughs> yeah. So have you actually had clients come to you knowing they need help, but they're like, I don't really need to be here? <laughs> yes. I, so I get a lot of yeah, but clients. So it's like, well, let's do this intervention and have you try this. And it's like, instead of them going out trying and it's already an excuse, yeah, but I can't do that because X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, why don't we try first before you say you can't do it? Right. Um, <laughs> and then you get some people who just want to vent constantly, but no change. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they don't want a sounding board. They want to talk to a wall. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they don't, they want you to suggest, but then they're like, mm. you come back next week. Did you do that? No. But then people have to be ready for change. So right. I just, I'm there if they're ready, I'm there if they're not. So and you pay regardless. So. Right. But, okay, so, like, I don't yes. know. If not enough, but yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if there's a difference between, um, like, clinical or private practice when it comes to this. Um, if you have a person who comes to you and, you know, you're going through these sessions and you're suggesting things, but they're not changing, nothing's evolving over time, like, what's the time frame that you give before you either maybe refer them to someone else or dismiss them from your practice you guys or do you dismiss them because you guys know i'm getting this correctly um you know obviously because i've never done private practice but i know and you know where lisa well i also were least my per diem job is lisa's full-time job so we don't necessarily have to bill so not yet but it's a little bit different i know when you're in some agencies where it's like the you know medicaid gives you but so much time when you when you work in agencies to kind of so but that's is is that the same when you in private practice like are you kind of able to create like okay you know like continue to see a person or does it have to be like okay a set so many sessions type thing um so that's a Trick question, loophole kind of thing. So with insurance, oh, for, yeah, if you're yes, insurance is like, okay, this person's not changing. Why are you still seeing them? Like, what's happening? Why are they stuck? Mm-hmm. If you can document, you know, why they why they're stuck and and explain that, then yes, you can keep them. Like, I've had people for three years, mm-hmm. and they have been in the same cycle of depression, but it's also different circumstances or. And that they're just not ready to change. They think they want to change, but something is always holding them back. Um, I personally will write it out with you <laughs> until 
get ready. And, I, and I'm blunt with people. I'm like, you know, we've been doing this for umpteen months and nothing has changed. So, you know, do you want to stick with me? Like, why are you in therapy? Kind of revisiting their goals for therapy. Okay. And then I have some who are scared to leave therapy because they're scared that things will start to happen again if they don't have mm-hmm. their session. So okay. it's, a, it's a rodeo. <laughs> a rodeo. I thought you were going to say a tangled web, but you said rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I'm chasing them being like, you can go. And they're like, no. I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm wheeling you back in because I'm allowing you to return. Um. Right. So I guess same thing for Lisa. Um, when you all see people that maybe are in crisis or you're doing intervention with them, how long do you stay with people before they actually make, I mean, obviously you want them to get better. Like, what does that process look like? Do they stay for a we, certain time? We are short term. So our goal is to get you out of crisis as fast as possible. Um, not really, but it is, but also to get you to more permanent services because, you know, crisis is not permanent, but life hopefully is something you're going to go through. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're going to connect them to people who can help them so that they can hopefully prevent these crises in the future. So you're almost like the middleman, like they need help, they called you, and now you get them to someone who can help them for yeah, a longer Yeah, and most importantly, we're 24 hours, seven days a week, and most agencies and companies aren't. So, you know, right. once your counselor goes home at five o'clock and they become a normal person, mm-hmm. then, you know, you may be still in crisis, or some people take medications and things like that, and maybe they run out of meds, or... Anything like that, they may be dealing with something, and it's nice to know that you have somebody you can call who can help you plan for Monday when everybody's back in the office, and, you know, you have to make phone calls, so. Okay. So, what we didn't do is, um, as we're getting deeper and deeper, (laughs) is, um, actually, ladies, well, what kind of made you decide that, hey, mental health, sign me up, a minute for life? We're not in for life. Well, well, no, I guess I can kind of... What got you guys started in mental health? I kind of know a little bit, but tell us, you know, um, how did it kind of begin for you? Either one of you can go first. We'll say Andrew because she's looking at me. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go first. I don't know where it began for me. I just think my family was kind of weird and I always wanted to know why. Um, no, and then I I just always wanted to know what was the difference. And then I found out that there was no difference, that everybody's human and people just deal with things differently. But um, I don't... I just, I just knew that it was something different and I didn't feel like... I didn't feel like there had to be, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question because I think maybe it found me. <laughs> I didn't ask. I didn't. This is not what I wanted to be when I grew up originally. But <laughs> it found me, that. and now even if I tried to get away from it, I don't think I could. You're right where you're supposed to be. <laughs> All right, Andrea. How about you? What kind of got you um, in the field, or made you want it to be mm-hmm. part of the field? So funny story, like Lisa, I thought my family was a little off, (laughs) but I, when I was younger, I asked my mom to see a therapist and she was like, you don't need a therapist. You can talk to me. And I'm like, well, I'm going to talk about you. So that won't work. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know that's right, girl. Okay. Um, (laughs) As I got older, I was like, you know, honestly, I was going into advertising. It wasn't even therapy. And um, a lot of my friends in high school had issues. And I was like, yeah, you should get a therapist. But they would talk to me. So I was like, huh, maybe I'll take a shot at therapy. But then the other term, too, was like, I was like, if I was looking for a therapist, I would want my therapist to be black. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of options for a black therapist. So like Lisa said, it kind of fell into my lap. And And here you are. Yep. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, speaking of experience and why you started and all that good stuff, um, being a woman of color in your field, what has been your experience, good or bad, um, you know, with just being in the space? You know what? Oh, oh. <laughs> They're both ready. <laughs> We've said it over and over and over and over again. Sometimes it's just not a lot of people that look like us. Mm-hmm. And... Um, with all that's going on in the world today, I know sometimes in my field, it can be kind of scary for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, but because it, it just can be. You don't know who likes you, who doesn't like you, and you don't know who thinks you like them and who thinks you doesn't like you don't like them. So you're going into someone's home, you know, mm-hmm. so it, you know, and you all you want to do is help, but you don't know who they want to be helped by. And, you know another person may not be readily available, you know, so just being, it's time sensitive and all kinds of things. You want to be what they need, so. Now, me and Lisa, we <laughs> rolled out. I don't know what, what area we were in, but it was Listen, like. Listen, it was far. It was far. It, it was an hour and a half away, and I felt like we were in some sort of scary movie because it was, like, dark outside. Mm-hmm. So, and, so, okay, wait. So, we normally, we normally, we work with teams. So with me during the day, I am one of the only African-American um, staff. And in the evening, we have options of maybe four, um, maybe. So, you know, but that's it. So normally we don't have this issue because more than likely, if there is a African-American staff going out, we're going out with a person who is not African-American. But, but that's just staffing wise, though. Night. That's technically just staffing wise because that's just a kind of the demographics. <laughs> yeah, oh. but this night it was Tania and I, so and two black girls. I'm, yeah, I'm telling we, you, we it didn't was care, scary. but we just didn't know if they cared. And yeah, thank God and they see, didn't care. Well, well, here's the thing because yeah. I don't know if you guys were seeing. I don't know if you guys heard me say that my per diem job is Lisa's full time job, so I work there sparingly throughout the week. Um. So, you know, it was just one of those times we're working in a, with an adult. Like, you know, we do, we did the phone counseling, but we needed to go and do a face-to-face. And, I mean, country roads, back roads, we're like, turn it, there's no street lights. So we're like... A little scary. A little scary. And so... See, Andrea's smiling because she's like, I'm in a comfy office. Yes, I yes, don't yes, have to yes, do yes. this. No, and no, so, no. And as Lisa was saying, you know, we're like hoping, like, okay, we're two black girls. And, like, the middle of the country, like, you know. And, you know, people like to represent 
what they like and who they like, and I'm fine with that. I just want to help you, and I was hoping that everybody had the same spirit of, right. I just want to help you. I just want to be helped. Like, that's, that was the and only goal. it worked goal. out great because they were, like, totally fine with us, but you just, yeah, never, just, you never, just, know. You just never know. Like, you hope that you're going to be reciprocated upon. Like I said, it's different when you're in the office, but when you're going into someone's home, you know, literally in the midst of crisis, like, you know, you're like, you know, I, I do this, you know, yeah. I'm a good person. Please let me do the work. And, you right. know, that yep. it turned out to be a pretty good visit. But yeah, I'm just saying I'm, the drive there was scary just in general. Well, so. and before before Andrea answers, um, Lisa, have you ever been out to help someone and they're like, no, I don't want you. You're a woman or no, I don't want you because you're black. Get somebody else. Like, <laughs> yes. And I've had it where people didn't want the person because they were white. Mm. Um, or, you know, so, I, yeah, and that's Both the sides. reason why it's good that we come in two. Because when that happens, you know, the other person doesn't care. We'll just shut up. We'll, <laughs> we'll right. do you. Oh, no. Pardon me. Oh, are you still there? We lost you for a minute. <laughs> Oh, no, I was just saying that, um, <laughs> no, we don't care. We don't care. We just want to help you. So that hopefully out of the two people who come, hopefully you're willing and able to work with one. And the other one will politely step aside and let them do their own thing. Okay. Well, that's good. So, Andrea, I'm wondering, um, you have your own private practice, you know, but, you know, you said sometimes you get kind of lonely, like the being issue. Have you ever done or thought about has it ever been a time that you know maybe you know you've had clients that have maybe like recommended you know doing couples counseling with you um or maybe asked a team up with like you know well my husband has this counselor can we do it together has anyone ever like put you in that kind of situation where they kind of want you to do like you know and you can tell us how you know it's been being a woman, black woman. That too. Well, <laughs> the counseling. Answer the first question. Yeah. Um. Not really. It's been very weird if somebody asked me to team up with their husband's therapist or whatnot. Usually, I team up with like their psychiatrist or nurse practitioner. Um, I have been asked to do like see their spouse or see them for couples, but I don't cross that line some people do i just prefer not to I think everyone should have their own counselor for their separate issues mm-hmm. um because i know most time couples if i'm seeing the wife the husband might think i'm biased mm-hmm. and i feel like as a therapist i know more about your husband he thinks i know about him so <laughs> i'm like um you're saying this but she in my head i'm like she told me that and i'm gonna <laughs> slip up and say something that she's told me right. so yeah that's just get your own couple's therapist <laughs> Um, as far as being black, it's funny I laugh because y'all said, you know, I'm safe in my office. <laughs> well, I had a client who came in and told me he wanted to kill his last therapist. Oh, and oh. I was yeah. like sitting on the chair, like oh, in your office yeah. by yourself, right? Like yes, then we're six feet apart, and I'm like, he could literally jump over and. Where's the nearest window I can jump out of? If I need to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, since he's um, led with that, did he kind of say? why he had those feelings or um honestly he was all over the place and i was just like i don't know if this is going to work right like i'm gonna need Um, to not see you anymore yeah um but yeah being a black therapist i do see white clients and it's funny because they kind of tread 
in a sense of like if their parents are racist and they're like this whole Trump thing brought a lot of racism and how people feel. So they're like, oh, my parents support Trump, but I don't or my parents are racist and I'm not. And I feel like guilty telling you this because I don't want you to judge me. And it's like, I'm not I don't judge you like long as you're not calling me any kind of, <laughs> you know, names to my face. I we can keep this professional. <laughs> it's it's different <laughs> yeah it is you know i i'm, I'm yeah so i'm kind of curious about that um so during the pandemic you know um lisa was doing crisis counseling andrew you're doing your private practice so not only did we have the pandemic but we had the george floyd and um, um the brianna taylor stuff going on Ugh. and there was the karens popping up left and right left and right um so I'm wondering, like, so how did both of you, um, how did you guys kind of manage the, you know, dealing with the all the, weight. yeah, the, the added weight, you know, the racial tension and things of that nature. Because I know I can say for myself, I was, I was work I was doing a call and, um, it was a woman and then she was saying her, her son was just, he was, you know, he was acting in a way that normally we would ask for police to come out with us and the woman just bust out crying and I'm like what do you mean and she's like well you know my son's in crisis but I don't want the police to come because we saw what just happened to George Floyd and this is maybe like two weeks after that happened and you know me I'm like I totally get it you know like she's a woman of color and I'm you know and I'm it was rough for me so like I had to seek supervision (laughs) with him like you know because it brought up stuff for me so, um, so for you guys, like, how did you guys kind of manage the, okay, my clients need support, but, you know, also, how did you kind of manage that with your, yourselves? Andrea, Lisa, where was oh, the first? <laughs> now, I just, I, Andrea, I don't know if you'd agree with me, but I, I felt that, I felt professionally, this may have been the loneliest I have ever been. Like, because you still are expected to do, but you have real stuff going on every day. Like, I happen to be black, and I'm seeing this, and I am affected, and it's like, but I feel like sometimes people don't see you, they see you as what your profession is, you know what I mean? So, I feel like it it was harder, because constant check-ins and with other professionals and trying to make sure that I am still healthy in order to do um, what needs to be done, taking days off when I'm not healthy and just being able to realize that I'm not and I can't because this is a lot. And and also um, just like as a therapist, trying to find a black therapist at this time because having had already had a therapist, but just needing a black therapist to talk about all this black stuff that's going on, just being black, mm-hmm. and not not only not wanting to put that not burden or beauty or whatever you want to call it on a white therapist, but just knowing they're not going to understand because they just could never be black. So it is the roughest ever for me. Okay. So I agree with Lisa. It it was rough. Um, more so because you think about your family members and like you have to deal with 
you know, what's, even if it wasn't a racism thing, it was just like, what's going on in your life? And then you're balancing mm-hmm. other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can get easily triggered by something that somebody, you know, may be going through. And I was also in therapy with, I, I had the therapy experience with a black therapist and a white therapist. And I remember talking to the white therapist and I'm just like, you know, she's giving me all these interventions and I'm like, you know, black people can't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's sad, but we can't do these things, especially Mm -hmm. in our family dynamics. So, and then like Lisa said, trying to find a black therapist in the midst of a pandemic, I couldn't find anybody with an opening. Um, Not a one, not a one. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard and it's hard not to like, you, I guess you compartmentalize because I got people who supported Trump and it was just like, we just don't talk politics. Right. <laughs> politics doesn't come up in therapy or I just don't share my point of view. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but on the inside, I'm like, I want to know more. Like, why do you support a man who's, you know, does these negative things? things? Like, yeah. does mm-hmm. it affect who you are? Mm-hmm. Right. Um but it's it's very difficult, and it's it's interesting. You both brought that up. Um, like I don't think it was anything that I would ever think about until me and you were talking about mm-hmm. um, EAP mm-hmm. at work, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I never thought. Do therapists go see therapists? Like, 100%. at what point do you decide? Like, you I know, when so. stuff like this happens, it, do you go on a regular basis? Is it just when? You know, things like this happen with um, major events in the news um, when you're feeling overwhelmed. Or is it just like, you know, once a month I need to go tell a therapist that the people I see, it's a lot on me. So I need to, you know, unload kind of. Well, therapists are regular people. Well, no, I know. <laughs> Thank you. But, 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 people, but that's what that is. People you just, just don't feel, think about yeah, it. Yeah, people feel like even when, when we talk to kids on the phone, like that's like one of the things I always say, like, hey, guess what? Therapists see therapists do just to kind of normalize it because, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like I remember when I was in undergrad. Was I? No, no, I wasn't undergrad. I was in grad school. I hadn't even finished. Um, I hadn't even finished. And I remember I went to just kind of see, I used EAP to just kind of see what it was like. I'm like, you know, you're in school and they encourage you, like, you should see a therapist. Because you, if you're going to, to counsel, you should see counseling. I'm like, I'm just going to go first session, just kind of see what it's like. And I did it and I'm all like being skeptical. Second session, I needed therapy <laughs> because things are just, just changing in life. And um, I don't know. And I think just for me. I think it's just like something that I value, you know, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go if things are going on, you know, sometimes yeah. I'll, um, like for me it's situational, but if there's, if you need that long term, you need that long term, you know, like I so said, just, I don't know, like you guys can say, you know, your opinions, but therapists are people too, like some, like some people on the outside, they don't go, some people may go, maybe need therapy for maybe a couple months, because whatever that goal is, maybe... They're going through a divorce, and now since this divorce is over, now it's done, and I don't need therapy anymore. Some people are dealing with work stress, and now, you know, so, I know. I just think my opinion is just therapists are regular people, and like that, what's that book, Andrea, we're reading? Um, 
What's that? The book? Oh, maybe you should talk to someone. Maybe you should talk to someone. Which is a really good read, by the way. Great read. I read that. You did? Mm-hmm. I didn't know you read well, that. Maybe I should read it. No, you should. I thought I, I told you about it. I thought right I told now. you about it. I don't it's, think you did. It's Thank a great, you, girls. It's a, it's a great <laughs> book. It's about a therapist who went to say who went to therapy because her freaking fiance like broke up with her. Um, you know, like out of nowhere because he didn't want kids, and like so here she is and going. You know, being a therapist, but she's in the midst of therapy, and she's talking about her experience. Such a great book, right? So yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, so those are my thoughts. Sorry, guys, I kind of took over. <laughs> so, Lisa, what do you think? Um, for you, is it more situational? Is it regular? Um, that you well, want to go see someone? So I realized that you like anybody who is not a therapist like doesn't like realize like what we do. So first of all, unless you're in private practice, and I heard that people in private practice pay for supervision, we have, or some of them do, like we have supervision. So like at our jobs and stuff like that, there we talk to somebody about what we do every day. So that is a form of like debriefing with, with about our clients with another professional who can <laughs> legally be told about those clients at the time. So um, that's a form of therapy for that. But like every day, regular therapy, like Tania said, we're human. So whatever you would need, if we are going through something like that and we're handling it in a certain way, we need the same amount of therapy that (laughs) anybody else would need when they're going through that. So sometimes it might be, you know, maybe every week or something like that might end up going every two weeks. Then you might go for maintenance, you know, Mm -hmm. where you go every every couple of months or something when you just want to check in and make sure that you're doing okay. It, it all depends on the person, and that's the beauty of therapy. You know, it's tailored literally toward you. So, yeah, we have therapists because we better have therapists. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrea. <laughs> um, so I usually go to my therapist as needed. Um like, whether it's for something specific or I feel like I just need to vent. <laughs> um, but the, the downside is when I leave my therapist, she gives away my spot. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is understandable. She's making room for people. That's course, really cool. I mean, yeah. I respect her schedule. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, therapists that seek therapy, yeah, you know what you're talking about, and you go see someone to talk about it. <laughs> And then you have to go to a therapist who sees therapists because you can't just go to like, I know you ladies can probably agree with me on this one. You can't just go to someone who doesn't see therapy, um, sees therapists because it's like, listen, lady, like, I know what you're trying to do. I know these skills. So you need someone who already knows, like, listen, like you, you know, we are colleagues to a certain extent, though you're, though you're in the therapist role, but you need someone who's kind of getting like, you know, like, I know this term, I know that term, you know, talk to me as if, you know, I am one who knows a profession, not as if I'm a newbie. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I believe you ladies can agree with me on that one. Yeah, you don't want to be sitting there like, did you just try to? Yeah. Did you, are you, ma'am, listen, you're not going, yeah, you don't want to do that, so. Understandable. If you want a real person. Okay. So before we, um, kind of end our conversation here 
Is there anything that you ladies would want the general public to know, um, you know, just about seeking therapy, maybe how to find a therapist, um, what to do if you or someone maybe in your family has, you know, crisis for the first time um, and you don't really know exactly what to do or what steps to take, uh, you know, just some general info for the people. So I would say don't downplay, you know, if somebody says they want therapy, just encourage them, let them try it out, um, let them get their needs met. Don't stop if you feel like your therapist is not a good fit. Don't ghost your therapist. <laughs> your therapist, no. Your therapist will be more than happy to give you a referral. We just want to know that you're in good hands and, you know, you've got the right fit. Um and just communicate, be open and honest, because we can only help you if you're open and honest. I recommend Black Girls Therapy Network. You know, to find a therapist or psychology today. Just, you can see pictures and read bios and just see what you like. Nice. Yeah, that is cool. I've been on their site before. Thanks <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> Lisa? And Lisa? Um, I would just like to encourage everyone to think of going to a therapist, just like going to a dentist or a doctor or anything else. You go frequently, not frequently, but you go regularly, you know what I mean? Every six months or whatever it is, because it's important that you take care of your mental health, just like you would take care of your oral health or your physical health or anything else, um, it is important. It's a part of self-care. So, you know, you go shopping to make yourself feel better. Go go to a therapist to make yourself feel better, too. Lovely. 100% awesome. agree. Just one more thing. Just, you know, remember your therapist's name. And don't let insurance <laughs> stop you. <laughs> if you. <laughs> um, If you feel like, you know, like therapy costs too much, like, Always call your insurance provider, see what they cover, talk to the therapist, they'll give you a writing scale, they offer it. Don't let finances stop you from seeking a therapist. Well, that's good to know. I think that's that's the big thing, too, because I think a lot of people, they think this is going to cost too much money, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I could be spending this money on something else, and, you know, sometimes people don't realize, like, you know, it's an investment, like, your biggest asset, you know, to make money is you, you know, and if you're not together, then... You know, then you you can't do anything else, really. Absolutely, don't stop seeing your therapist because you can't afford it. Like I tell people, you know, most therapy. Oh, I don't. I don't want to speak for most therapists, but I'm willing to work out a payment plan and order. You know, we can work it out. There's resources for people who don't have the finances or insurance. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um. So I guess we have one more important question. Unless you have to throw anything else in there. No, and okay. I think you girls know what she's going to ask. <laughs> well, it depends if they file how many episodes they watch. Um, so this is one of the most important questions of the podcast that we always want to make sure that people give the correct answer to. Since it is the season. It is the season for the ladies. Um, how do the ladies feel about Gemini? How do you guys feel about them? Um, so Gemini's? Yeah, Gemini. Well, I mean, I like you, so I don't know if that sums it up. 
and we just met, so you know, hey girl. So I don't know if you know this. Um, so Janine's birthday. Well, when is my birthday? June. Are you guys Yeah, June ninth. June ninth. Janine's birthday is June. Andrea's like, uh, <laughs> she's like, uh, I don't know. And I'm known Andrea longer. <laughs> well, no, I was gonna say, but I know who you're talking to. Of course, I know your birthday is June 9th. Facebook tells me every year. You throw me, <laughs> you throw me a surprise 21st birthday party where, where two babies were invited and then two other people. That was epic. That was epic. <laughs> ba- babies and all. That was before I changed my life as a therapist. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, so Janine is also a Gemini. We're we're literally I don't even know if we're a full day apart, but you know, maybe. Okay, so Lisa, um, so so Andrea likes me, so therefore she feels like she likes Gemini's. Lisa. Well, I'm not stupid. Gemini's are great. They're wonderful, <laughs> lovely people. <laughs> I enjoy both of you, Gemini. So. There you go. Well, thanks, Lisa. And thank you, Andrea. (laughs) We want to thank you both for coming on and talking to us and definitely sharing some um, really good information with our listeners. Um, It's very important if you feel like you need to seek therapy to do so. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I just throw out that I have resources on my website if anyone needs one? Yes. Yes. Maryland area, please feel free to... I'm full right now, but you never know. <laughs> yes, yes, give yes, us your information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell Andrea, give us your information. Where can they get in contact with you with? Um, and this is for so, the Baltimore County, everyone. Yes, but because it's telehealth, you can be anywhere in Maryland. Uh, my website is www.andreajohnson.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Andrea Johnson, LCPC. And, or you can Google me. Okay. Wow, you Andrea Google Johnson. Wow, that's, so <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, but make sure you pick an Andrea Johnson in Maryland. I Google myself and there's a bunch of them. Okay. <laughs> Andrea Johnson LCPC. So just slash Dixon, but you know, that's not on there yet. That's what I'm going to say. Like, so are you going to change Dixon soon? Like, I know it's um, new. Like, it's, it's, it's new, but are you going to change you know, Dixon? I want to, but the paperwork tells me otherwise. So. Got it. It's a lot. Sorry, I'm not going to say your yeah. husband's name, but sorry, Andrew's husband. She's going to have to wait a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows. <laughs> well, before we close out the podcast, um, obviously, we thank our guest one more time for coming on. And, you know, we're going to have to get you guys on here again, maybe with um, a different, because there's, yeah, you know, just something we, more we like... touched on mental health. But there's so many there's there's so many different aspects that we can go into things of that nature, mm-hmm. um and or maybe even lighter I don't know but um if you guys would like to come on I don't think you guys have a choice to not come on again because I think well we'll make you, um <laughs> I would be more than happy to thank you thank you Lisa yeah I'll be here oh, gosh, <laughs> all right so before we ended we are just going to say a quote for a black girl who's more famous than us. Um, today's quote is from Miss Gabby Douglas, and it is, hard days are the best because that's when champions are made. Yes, Gabby. Yes, Gabby. Yes. And that has been our episode for today of Black Girls Unboxed. Happy Unboxing. Happy Unboxing.